Welcome to Social Capital Expert, a show where we discover the value of social capital and how cultivating strategic relationships is critical to our success. In each episode, your host, Sarah Francis McDaniel, will explore the stories of fascinating people from all over the world to better understand how their ability to build relationships has led to their success. We will uncover tips, tricks, and practical ways that you too can become a social capital expert. Hi, and welcome to the show. I'm so excited for our special guest, Andrea Schumacher. Andrea, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. So you have a ton going on today, but before we get to this, can we talk a little bit about maybe where you're from, uh, where you started, and just give us a little bit of background. Okay, I say that I'm a Colorado native, but as a kid, I um, we moved around a lot. My dad was um, in public health, okay. so we lived all over, and Nigeria, one of them. So wow. I, and I moved around a lot as a kid, so I feel like we were just asking me about how you have personal relationships and I feel like that's one when you're always moving around you have to make friends quickly. Agreed. So that definitely. I have a little bit of that. Yeah. By the time I moved to Denver I was 20 years old and it was the 23rd town or city I lived in. Oh wow. But I didn't get to go to Nigeria and (laughs) places like that. Uh, So tell us more where were some of the places that you lived or where? Um, I was born in Atlanta. We lived in Long Island. We lived in Boston. Wow. Nigeria back to Boston my sophomore year of high school. So I went to a, a different high school all three years. Wow. Yeah. And then, so, then what? After you got out of high school? Um, then I decided I was not going to go to college. Okay. My dad was a Harvard graduate, Harvard Medical School, sigma cum laude, and I <laughs> called him up and I said, I'm not going to college. And I said, I'm going to work at Subway and make sandwiches. Oh, did he love that? And he's like, <laughs> So that's what I did. And about six months into that, I called him and I said, I think I want to go to college. I did not, yeah. Yeah. Wasn't, he just let, he just let me have my space yeah. and like, figure it out on my own. But, so I decided to go to school and I picked a school in California. I just wanted to go to California. Um, it was a design school. Um, I started out in fashion merchandising and met this guy who was doing interior design and he showed me his work and I, he, I took a class and then I fell in love with it and um, graduated with a two-year degree. And then my old babysitter... Um, worked at Days of Our Lives, or sorry, not Days of Our Lives, <laughs> at NBC, and she got me a job at Days of Our Lives. Oh, wow! So I was just, I, mean, I think I made like $8 an hour drafting sets. Um, oh my gosh! And then it, at the, in the art department. And I then used from, to watch Days of Our Lives I think it's still on. There's like I the think same it must be. And they look exactly the same. They I'm like, do. how do they not age? Marlena and somebody. Amazing. I'm like, how does that happen? I don't know. They look exactly the same. <laughs> um, but so yeah, and that was just fun being a kid and getting to do that and then yeah um, from that I got a job at Sony Pictures at the time it was called Columbia Pictures right Sony bought them out while I was there um, and I did that for a while as an in-house designer and then I realized I needed I wanted to go back to school so I came back to CSU in Fort Collins okay got my bachelor's degree and then when I graduated with that I moved to Boulder and this is kind of a long story short but moved to Boulder um, Fell in love with a guy. We decided to travel the world for three years. Oh my god! Then when we broke up, I had no resume, <laughs> no job, so um, I decided to go back to school again. So I went back to school to get my master's in architecture um, at CU Denver, and I did about a year and a half of that during the dot-com heyday. Okay. And then um, I was at a, um, a March of Dimes benefit, and I met this architect, and they were looking for an interior designer, so we contacted each other after. 
the event and they hired us, me, to do a house. And I took a semester off of school to my, my architecture program. And then from that project, I just got another client and another client. And I, I didn't mean to have my own business. It just started oh my gosh. like that. That's awesome. Yeah, so I sort of reinvented the wheel in a lot of ways because I, you know, a lot of designers would work under a designer and learn how to draw up a contract and learn, you know, the different types of ways of charging. Right. Um, I had no idea. I just kind of, I did handshake deals for years. I, you know, ironed draperies. <laughs> I did everything from the ground up, you know. That's amazing. So, okay, so then have you basically been in Colorado since you came back to go to school? Yeah. Okay. because yeah, I was planning to go back to L.A. with my degree and, you know, just didn't work. How has Colorado been? Have you yeah, decided you're settled in for a while now? Well, I and I just recently opened up a little office in Santa Barbara. Wow. Because I miss the ocean so much. So And it's a really easy flight back and forth, so I'm hoping to do business in both. Oh, my gosh. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay, so that brings us kind of a little bit uh, closer to where we are today. But now, so, Andrea, you, um, can you tell us a little bit about what you do do today? Like, what is the design work that you focus on mainly? Um, we're mostly high-end residential. We do some commercial work. Um, when people are looking for a residential look in their offices, we'll be hired sometimes to do. We've done oil and gas company lobbies and stuff like that. Okay. Um, but mostly we do high-end residential, and we do everything from um, ground-up construction drawings to you know, and picking, doing fixed finish schedules okay. to picking every finish in the house, hardware, doors. We have a kitchen designer on staff. We carry kitchen cabinet lines. Um, so we spec everything in the home and then we do it all the way down to through the soft goods and down to the last accessory. So wow, all of the furnishings, custom furnishings, you know, every a, a sofa can have eight different fabrics coming from eight different manufacturers to make it. Wow. So tracking all of that, purchasing all of that, installing all of that. Okay. And so how big is your company now? We are, we just hired another guy. I think we're 14 now. Wow. Yeah. It's so fun to see your signs and stuff all over Denver. Um, uh, I'm sure, are you doing projects in other areas outside of Santa Barbara or is that kind of your San, focus? We, just, we are working on Santa Barbara. We've just finished a San Francisco project, so that was exciting. Very cool. And right now we're working on um, a show house in um, North Carolina. Okay. That will open for the High Point Market in oh, October. Oh yeah. Awesome. And that's with Aspire Design and Home yeah. Magazine. Okay, very cool. Yeah, so you have tons of things going on. I mean, I see you everywhere and it's so fun. I'm like, oh, she's awesome, just crushing it. Can you tell us a little bit about, you know, you have a great reputation, great relationships in the industry. Can you tell us sort of what your thoughts are on, you know, how relationships have been critical to your success? Um, I believe in karma. So I believe in treating people the way you want to be treated. And we just always come back to that in business, yeah. you know? doing the right thing business-wise and also communication with your client, obviously. So becoming friends, but it's still business, but you know, so that they feel like they can text you on a Saturday if they have a question and you have that kind of relationship because it's so personal. Yeah. When you're doing someone's private home, sometimes they're living in it, which is like highly personal. <laughs> you're right. Um, and it's also just a sensitive subject because you're spending money and it's where you live, especially if it's your primary residence. Right. Um, so those things are so important, you know? So you interface a lot with the end user, the customer that is going to live in the design, but also you have all of these other trades and suppliers and all these other key it's people. complicated. Yeah. yeah. How do you, do you think that there are certain kind of key ingredients that have to be there in order to sort of create that, that capital? Give me like an example of what you. What you um, you know, sometimes it's like, is it, do you, are there primary things? Maybe it's, um, communication, maybe it's, 
um, you know, trust or or providing value or if there's things that when you kind of walk into any relationship, no matter whether it's the vendor or the customer, that you just feel like are the key pieces of your philosophy of building a, a long-term relationship. Yeah, I absolutely. I mean, I, it just comes down to, I feel like what's right and wrong. Just as a, just, just made me think of, this is an example. Um, I had a guy painting our personal building. We just bought a building down on San Congratulations. Um, painting the metal staircase on the back. Um, and he had subbed out having it all sandblasted first. Well, in the contract from the sandblaster, they had said they were going to bring it all down to raw metal. Well, there was a bunch of places that they didn't do that. And then they left, and the guy that was painting it called the guy, the sandblaster, in to say, hey, these are some spots. And he was like, yeah, we're not going to do that. So my painter called me up and we walked through it and he said it's going to take me an entire another a whole another week to finish it and I have all these materials and he he didn't he was trying to beat around the bush I'm like are you asking me for more money and and he said yes I you know for the materials but I won't charge you for the week of work and I said well that's wrong of the sandblaster to do that to you right. so I'm going to go back to him I'm going to I'm going to get you that money right for your time and for the materials but I'm going to go back to the sandblaster and I'm going to work that out for you because he was trying to say don't worry about the week that's yeah. his time. Like, that's right. the right thing to do. Right. So we always just kind of, like, what's the right thing to do? And we also don't expect, you know, if it was the other way around, we, would, we wouldn't expect somebody to give us, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. We don't ask that of others either. Yeah. So, so those are the kind of relationships. So, yes, with our vendors, we're the exact same way. We're, we're trying to, you know, protect our client at the same time. And if it's the right thing, the vendor does everything they can, you know, we'll, we'll work, out, work it out relationship-wise so that, you know, trying always to make everybody happy, of course, but... Yeah, which is sometimes impossible. Right or wrong, right? right? but just doing what's right is really yeah. a big piece of it for you. And when you look at, you know, kind of the overall kind of picture of how you're building your... I mean, you're just... You you have reached levels that some people would be like happy at, but I think for for you it's like you're just getting started um, to where you really are headed. As you look at kind of the future and you see where you are today, where do you find that you're gathering a lot of your passion or kind of your motivation? I, I think it's just the really it is the relationships with the people. Um, I don't know. It's just always so. It's still so fascinating to me the whole design process. You know, just putting all the pieces together, and there's just so much more to learn every single time you do a project. And you know, never, so many it's not the same every time either, it's right? never the same. I wish I could write down every single, you know, problem and solution we've had from for the last 20 years <laughs> I've been doing this. But it's, always, it's problem solving, constantly problem solving. Yeah. That makes it fun, right? Yeah. And, and so, you're using so many different aspects. It's math. It's, it's art. It's, you know, there's a lot of aspects to it. So. Oh, I have so much respect and appreciation for people like you who can make things pretty. I am like, mm. don't call me to make anything pretty. Yeah, like, right. if you need a Beautiful spreadsheet, I might be able to do that. But um, yeah, I have, okay. it's just such a gift to be able to do that. Um, you know, when you kind of look at trends or things that are happening, can you share with us sort of some of what you're seeing? Um, well, there's so many different types of trends. Like, there's color trends I see happening. Yeah. Um, there's trends in design or in line. You know, in like um, some like we'll go from like really organic shapes are really popular to like clean lines are popular. But um, I don't try to. I try not to follow that too much. I yeah. feel like it's mixing all those things together so that you never really, you know, like if gray is a trend, we might mix it with brown so you have both. You know. I yeah. Know. And also, just our aesthetic is is um, taking old found pieces, antiques, and mixing it with clean line, modern upholstered goods with pops of color so that the home looks like a collected personal story, not just something that a lot of, a lot of homes that I see that other designers do sometimes, I'm like, that's really 
beautiful, but it just is like, it almost looks like a model home. Right. Like everything matches perfectly and it's, yeah, it's just, totally. it's, it's, not, it's well done. It's just too matchy matchy. And I think, um, I think the, it's more interesting when it looks more like collected over time and you kind of extract out of your clients sort of their personal story and try to weave that through their interior so that when somebody walks in their home like oh where did you find that piece so that was when we went to Africa or whatever yeah so it's you know if you don't follow her on Instagram Ugh. you have to because we'll have all of her contact information in the show notes but I you're one of my favorite Aww. things to see every day I mean just the exactly what you're saying I mean it's like stuff I'm like oh my god it's so cool and yet not things that you see um, I would definitely say you're like setting trends or breaking oh, trends thanks. maybe then falling right in line with um, what everyone else is kind of doing. Uh, so when you look at um, just sort of, you know, the value of your network, how do you see that playing into where you are today? Or even where you're going, really? I mean, the, my friends and the network. Yeah, the network and, and kind of the network that you have here in Denver and, the, and what you're doing in Santa Barbara and just those connections of people, how that is really um, impacting either how you've gotten to here or where you see it sort of leading you from here. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I sort of take things day by day, so I don't know how it really <laughs> Awesome. Goes. That works too. <laughs> I don't know, but, um, uh, you know, I think I often thought that there would be an end to interior design, but some of the best designers I know are in their 90s. You know wow. what I mean? So that's what I think is really lovely about my profession is that you can just keep going. Yeah. You know, and you just get better and better, which I love that. Yeah. Rather than, oh, your old hat when you're 75. You know what I mean? Right. Um, so I hopefully just a longevity. I'm working on my own wallpaper line. So I'm cool. taking, my grandmother was an artist. Um, she studied um, in Paris with Leger and during and Dolly. They were all friends. Wow! And I have a bunch of her prints, and so I'm taking those and making patterns out of them and turning them into wallpaper. That's oh my been really gosh, exciting cool. for me because that's just a whole. It's crazy. Wallpaper was back. I mean, weren't people trying oh, to get rid of wallpaper there for yeah. a long time? And now, well, I think the difference is in the '50s and stuff. Their glues were so heavy that you remember you didn't yes, like scrape yes. it. Now you just kind of go whoop and it comes. It's so okay. Cheap. So, so it's is. not. Yeah, it's not as nightmarish as it used to be. Um, so I think it's here to stay. Okay, for sure. good to know. Good to um, know. But the, it's, what's interesting is taking her art and trying to turn it into a pattern is yeah. freezingly hard. Is it? Yeah, because art isn't necessarily meant to flip mm -hmm. and flop, right? So figuring all that out is really interesting. And if then anyone the can do it, the whole process of like having it, have it printed and like, you know, how many, um, you know, it's just interesting. So do you have other lines? Like that's one thing I feel like I'm sort of seeing in the design community is interior designers who are who are creating these specific lines. What, is that, what does that look like for you? Yeah, I mean, I would entertain it for sure. Um, I just want to start with this Yeah. to start, but I, I've definitely thought about, I've designed a ton of custom upholstered goods and we have okay. them made locally. Um, and that's nice just to be able to control sizing and be personalized for people. Yeah. Um, so I've definitely thought about doing upholstered goods. Um, I also have my ideas on lighting, but and there's, you know, companies that'll make custom lighting for you all day long. Right. It's just a amount of a time, right? Right. Time constraints. So I'm starting with the wallpaper. Okay. Well, let so, us know how it yeah, goes. Uh, I've yeah. seen some of the stuff you're doing. The Gucci wallpaper you recently oh, yeah. did. That was very cool. I didn't do that. I, I just But you posted that. it. It was very cool. <laughs> yeah, Is there any advice that you would give maybe your younger self? Um, my younger self or my kids? That's your kids. Sure. Whichever um, is better for you. I would say to my kids, do what you Find your passion, do what you love, and don't worry about making ends meet. It all comes together if you're doing what you love to do. 
That's so awesome. You know, it's like they, I was listening to something the other day and they were talking about how there's really no in between. You either are in a job and you love it because you're pursuing something that you're passionate about or you're in a job and you're not really in love with it or passionate about it. And so then it definitely feels like a job. Right. And it's like, so if, I feel like there's like really this like push towards like being more aware of what that looks like for you. Like right. what does your passion and if you can follow it, do you have any advice on like how you might just like follow your passion or even how you might discover what that looks like? Yeah, I mean, I I've often thought, cause I know some people that have so many different talents and passions. How do you narrow it down? I have a, one girlfriend who just literally is good at everything. Being a chef, like, does not like, so how do you pick? I don't know, I guess, then at that point, maybe you're analyzing, go, okay, well, this will give me a better life, or you, maybe you write down your pros and cons to each one. I don't know how you would, I luckily, I just sort of fell into what I'm doing and it works for me, but, um, Good question. I don't know the answer. Yeah, it's, it's funny. I, one one guest has said, um, you know, it's where the energy is. Like energy is sort of the baseline of passion. And I thought, oh, that's really like, if you've got a lot of kind of energy towards something, that energizes you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but there's days, of course, in in the design world where things just get you down, right? Just you know, you might have a day where like every phone call you get is something's going wrong in the construction world somehow. Like, you know, the paint you picked, you know. They, they matched it and it came out more green than it was supposed to be or whatever. Right. It's all, you know, we can have those days where it just, it could get you down, but <laughs> luckily the next day comes and you know, something good happens. So, yeah. um, you know, I think taking things day by day in life, I think it's, um, having a sense of humor about sometimes we just have to laugh at the office. Like, okay, it's a sofa. Thank <laughs> God I'm not your heart surgeon. I didn't just screw up your valve. Like, yeah. Right. It's a sofa. It's going to be okay. You yeah, know, keeping things in perspective. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. You know, you you have a lot of things um, that you're involved in. Is there anything right now, any new adventure or fun thing that you're you're working on that you'd like to share? Well, besides the wallpaper. Besides the wallpaper, that's pretty big for me. Um, we're talking with a network about a television show. Cool. But I don't know about that yet. I'm. That's like, we'll see. I'll let you know. Yes, please do. Um, I'll know in like 30 days. Okay. Um, that's kind of exciting. Can you tell us a little bit about your favorite project? Sure. I can. Um, we are working on a ranch in Wyoming. It was originally built, I think it was like 1918. It's called Remount Ranch. It was owned by Mary O'Hara, the woman who wrote My Friend Flicka. It was oh, like a book yeah. series and okay. then a television show. And then it sold, I'm trying to remember which came first. Then it sold, it was like a real working dude ranch. So it has this old bar in the middle of the house um, that everything kind of, and they were kind of added on as time went on. But um, so the new uh, client wants to sort of make it all whole again because yeah. it's like kind of got these weird additions. Anyway, um, so it's this big remodel and we're bringing it sort of back to life, but um, you know, weaving in some of the old stuff, you know, awesome. leaving the bar exactly the same, not cool. touching that at all. Um, and enclosing this, uh, what was once a like sort of open courtyard and turning that into a billiards room and just, and it's every detail. It's like what we love to, so it's, from the ground up, every single elevation, you know, all the lighting plan, you know, picking and picking out all the lighting, every light switch, doorknob, you know, everything you can down to the towel bars and then, wow. you know, and helping the furniture them, helping and them the... what, figure out, they have a lot of really great art. So figuring out where that's all going to go and like specifically lighting that in certain, you know, and just cool. being really, getting to be really, really detailed. And so I'm excited for that one. Really excited. I think it's, gonna be super special and it has such history too yeah you'll have to will you post like do you yeah. do kind of before and afters yeah. and that kind of stuff okay cool. yeah, yeah yeah i mean it's gonna be a while it'll probably um 
we all have that system when it's going to finish. I'm guessing March, and then we'll have it photographed, and you know, so probably next year. Awesome. Later next year. Is there anything you know that you're working on right now, or anything that you'd like to share to get people involved that they can connect with you? Um, well, something that's near and dear to my husband's heart and mine now too. Um, this is separate from design, but is um, we're both on the board of a nonprofit called Road to Hope. Okay. The Road to Hope. And um, my husband goes down to Haiti every three months, and they're building schools and helping fund, you know, uniforms and the teachers getting paid and helping them build wells for water and um, latrine. They have no sanitation, so like wow. you know, all of that. Um, so I just recently joined the board. I'm helping with fundraising, but it's something that's been important to me, and I would love to more people to connect with that. Awesome. Well, we'll make sure to have yeah. those in our show notes okay. so people Bye. can look at that. Thank you. Uh, you know, before we wrap up, are there any kind of final thoughts that you'd like to share that you just don't want to leave us without? Oh, geez. Um, not really. <laughs> all right. She's told us it all. Well, that's been great. Andrea, I can't thank you enough for thank sharing you. your time with us and for being it. here. Um, check her out. She is one thank of a kind. And uh, you have just, I, I hope to see where you're going with the wallpaper and with all the things that you have going on. Um, and just look forward to having you back. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. That's all for this episode of Social Capital Expert. Please visit socialcapitalexpert.com for show notes, additional episodes, and to see who will be visiting us next on the show. Also, be sure to check out our upcoming Social Capital Mixers. These are events where we can connect in person to build social capital. Thanks for listening, and we look forward to having you join us for the next episode.